right. Welcome to another Win Daily Show. I am Michael Raziel. I have my man, Sia Najad. Sia, how are you today, man? What's going on, man? How are you? I'm doing well. I'm I'm actually sort of sweating my um my golf picks right now because Ooh. they're in a playoff, believe it or not. Like the Outlaw Tour is in a playoff. I'll admit it. So one, like one of my three guys, they were all there down the stretch. None of them won, but I had a couple safety plays that I built in uh, today, which is, mm. by the way, like a really good thing you can do with golf is you can kind of insulate some of your plays. Anyway, long story short, they're in a playoff. One of my quote safety plays is in the playoff. There's was a three-man playoff. Now it's a two-man playoff. So by Ooh. the time this show ends, I'll know if I sort of broke even or or took a took a small hit. So we'll see. I, what I, I hope you find out before the show ends. That way we can uh, we can sweat it out a little bit with you. And uh, yes, we we're talking golf outlaw tour. I'm assuming the playoffs. So they're all like plus thirty-ish going into that in that playoff. Is that how it works? Plus, yeah, no, they are um, the kid, a kid. There's some good golfers here. But to your point, there was a guy after day two. Of course, he missed the cut. I think he ended the day at plus 42, 42 over in two days. Uh, So that's pretty impressive. That That stuff happens on the honestly is kind of impressive. As you said, a lot of amateurs out there. But yes, we're talking a little bit of golf. We're going to be talking the match. I love how they branded it. It's just the match. We got Tiger Woods. We got Tom Brady. We got Peyton Manning. We got Phil Mickelson, so excited to talk about that. But we're also, obviously, I mean, C and I can't ever not talk about the NFL at this point. We're going to be talking tonight about the NFL, serious a lot, the Saturday and Sunday show, a lot about the NFL. But we're also going to be talking about German soccer. And as I told everybody, Tuesday and on, on the Wednesday podcast, Rich won me some money. So guess who we're bringing back, Sia? I'm going to guess that it might be, just might be Rich. We're bringing him back. Rich, what's up, man? What's up, guys? How are we doing? It's a good day to be alive. As I was telling everybody, Rich, you made me a bunch of money. I was in the middle of putting my show notes together for Sirius in the morning. I had my cup of coffee and I get a frantic seven or eight messages. And I'm looking, are you drinking coffee right now? See, man, it's like 830 at night. What are you doing? And I get a bunch of messages on my phone. I look down. I was like, all these Discord messages. Let me see. And it's Rich. He's saying, hey, 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 watch out. This guy's not playing anymore. Now you got to play this guy. And I was like, all right, Rich, I'll play this guy. This is great. 20 minutes later, after the matches start, I get another message. Oh, sorry, that guy actually got scratched too. But it's okay. It's okay. <laughs> Rich still won me a bunch of money, so I'm very, very grateful for that. Uh, and I'm very grateful that you're back on, Rich. We're going to have you here for a couple minutes talking about the German soccer coming up this weekend. So talk talk to me about the slate. I know you got a couple bets that you're really liking, uh, as well as some some DFS plays that you're enjoying. So tell us a little bit about who's playing, what's going on, and how uh, how we all can make some money again. Yeah, you know, it's a funny situation because I remember last week we talked, what happens if Jaden Sancho is ruled out? And this guy, and of course that happened. So they sort of got the experience, you know, uh, lineups. And, you know, when they roll out using an hour beforehand, uh, what happened with Gio Reyna, that injury is very rare, you know, almost like an NBA game if someone got hurt in warmups or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, that's one out of every hundred times. So that's not something that um, happens too often. And unfortunately, you know, I don't think uh, Fox Sports really did a great job with the broadcast on that one. If that was NBC for the Premier League or uh, TNT for the Champions League, we probably would have got it too. Mm-hmm. Something, um, but you know, I think um, did pretty well in the parlays except for Leipzig. Leipzig drew, um, you know, of the top five teams, you know, four of them really crushed. So getting to this week, it sort of sets up. So um, you really have five teams now uh, competing for those four Champions League spots, and uh, the DraftKings Fanduel slate's a little bit different. Um, the DraftKings four games, they don't have the late game. FanDuel is five games. Um, but one game on both slates, we start off with Bayer Leverkusen um, in uh, Gladbach. I'll just call him Borussia Mönchengladbach in full, but I think Gladbach suffices. 
Appreciate that. <laughs> um, the highest total game, it's basically a three, five matchup. Um, you know, basically I think it would have some uh, champions league, um, you know, basic ramifications, you know, who wins, you know, the top four, you know, get those four automatic champions league spots. So, um, you know, it should be a good one. I like this game for tournaments a lot. Um, you know, I think a lot of people are on DraftKings are going to be focused on Dortmund. Um, so particularly on DraftKings where, you know, Dortmund is going to be the chalk as a minus 135 favorite. I think we could turn to this game and, uh, you know, Allison Plea makes for a great one-off play. Um, you know, Hoffman, the midfielder, you know, on uh, the Gladbach side. On the buyer side is Kai Haber. I, is that French? Maybe it's uh, Havertz would be more German. Um, you know, I don't know. You know, pick however you want it. Um, but he had two goals in 30 minutes on Monday. Um, you know, I think sort of the right place at the right time, but, you know, still obviously a good tournament pivot. Um, so that's a game that probably has the most, um, you know, importance of any on this weekend. Um, you know, and also a great, you know, game for tournaments. Aside from that, on DraftKings, I expect Dortmund to be the chalk. Um, they're a minus 135 favorite. And you got a little bit taste of the Dortmund experience last week. Um, they did have a, a pretty strong 4 nothing win over Schalke, so a nothing to scoff at. However, uh, you know, if they're going to be uh, how on 50% and Sancho, who might only play 60 minutes, 65 minutes, you know, he's going to be 35% or something, you know, it might be a situation I look to fade outside cash. Um, you know, if they win one nothing, you know, I don't think that's going to pay off at their prices. Um, and, yeah, I think, you know, you could turn to some of those tournament pivots and get a nice edge on the field. Now, FanDuel is going to be entirely different. Mm-hmm. And why I say that is because they include the lit game. So – I had mentioned that on DraftKings, Dortmund is the highest favorite, uh, minus 135. Well, Bayern Munich is a minus 800 favorite. Um, they have the highest total on the day. Um, they're set up to absolute crush. And if you go um, on the Win Daily site to the article, you'll see that a, a big difference in the DraftKings and FanDuel ranks. On, for FanDuel, I rank three Bayern Munich players above uh, Erling Holland and Jane Sancho of Dortmund. So I'm not sure that goes to show you know the difference, I think. You know, I, I basically uh, am looking to stack bar in Munich over there. I love it, Rich. And it's it's incredible just how much you know about German soccer. I love that aspect of it. But I do, again, you helped me make money last week. I saw you in the Discord chat. Every All of our pros are in the Discord chat. See us in there talking golf. Baseball hasn't started, and I'm not watching. And I watch a lot of KBO, believe me, but not that much KBO to know really everything that's going on. But we have Rich hanging out in the Discord, in the soccer channel, always talking, always helping everybody, helping me, which I really appreciate. Again, I won't stop telling. You're going to get a tip one of these days. Maybe maybe I'll send you a nice bottle of wine or maybe like Sutter Home or whatever, just something, <laughs> something for you to drink. But I definitely, you know, I do appreciate that. And I guess why... It's just crazy to me that you said FanDuel is including that fifth game, that Bayern Munich, Munich game. How the hell is someone a minus 800 favorite? That just sounds like it sounds like it should be a domination at that point. Yeah, I mean, you know, occasionally you do get these matchups where you have, you know, top elite teams, you know, versus weak teams. I don't think you see it too much, um, you know, in Europe's domestic leagues. You see more in the Champions League. It's like this team from Serbia or something in the first round facing Bayern Munich or you know, where they'll put up five, six goals. You see mm-hmm. it a lot um, internationally, too. You know, it's England versus the Faroe Islands or, uh, you know, Italy versus Malta or something, you know, where, you know, all the players, you know, play, they probably have second jobs and mm-hmm. this side thing for them, the stadium's like a high school stadium or something. Um, so you don't see it too often. Um, but, yeah, I mean, they're obviously um, a pretty big difference in skill there. 
just to say the least, just to say the least. So I, uh, I do plan on playing more DraftKings. Uh, I do plan on playing a little, maybe, maybe, maybe I think I only did a little DraftKings last week. I'll probably throw a FanDuel lineup in there. If we can get some of those Bayern Munich players in. And as you said, just stack the box there. See, are you, are you going to play any DFS, uh, Bundesliga this weekend? I'm definitely going to play. Absolutely. Yeah. I, I picked a couple matches, uh, last week. I, I think I got stung by the Reina thing too. So, and, and again, you're, you're absolutely right about the coverage. Like any, any sophisticated outfit, at least from a soccer standpoint would have had that information at least 10 minutes before kickoff, I'm assuming. So, you know, poor job on FS1 for that, but, uh, yeah, dude, I'm looking forward to it. I, it was fun last week. Win or yeah. lose. You get me riled up to you. I'm going to like complain to the broadcast. I mean, when you have NBC or TNT or someone out there, they have a full panel. I know that for the Champions League, Steve Nash is there and, you know, you got five or six people discussing the game and what will happen with breakdowns and charts. And I don't know if it's, um, you know, everything with the coronavirus. I think it would probably be similar to this anyway. Um, it just seems like, you know, you have a couple of guys watching the game. They talk during the game and then commercials, they cut to highlights from 1990s or whatever. So, you know. Yeah. Uh, I saw that too. That was really weird. Yeah. Like after in, there was in the in between uh, the two games, and I I think I was uh, recording or doing something at like nine thirty in the morning, ten o'clock in the morning, whatever it was. I come back upstairs, and yeah, it was showing highlights from a game like from like twenty years ago. I was like, oh, I guess the games are over, and I clicked the guide button. It's like no one's starting in ten minutes. I was like, there's no pregame coverage. It's like what yeah. are we doing? Uh, the uh, only sport that exists in the in America at this point in time, we don't even have a pregame show. It was very confusing to me. Um, I think uh, just a little little inside baseball, if I'm not mistaken, Bundesliga recently spurred Fox Sports to go gonna... to ESPN, if I'm not mistaken, right? You sort of stole my thunder there. I was going to say, um, yeah, it's sort of weird how that worked out. ESPN bought it, um, you know, I want to say six months ago or something, mm -hmm. basically expires and the season was Fox Sports. So I would assume ESPN... Um, you know, probably wants to put it on plus they already have Italian games on there. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, I don't, I don't think they had French. I think just the Italian games, they have England second division. Um, but they're working towards getting everything on ESPN plus. So someone could just go in there and, you know, watch a soccer game from anywhere along with, you know, a college game from anywhere. Um, but imagine, imagine the difference if it was on ESPN right now. Oh God. Yeah. Oh, huge. It would be amazing, but Hey, that is what it is. And that's uh, why nobody watches Fox sports, but Rich <laughs> really Fox sports too. till this weekend. True story. I love it. Rich. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. You enjoy the rest of your night. Enjoy your weekend. We sincerely appreciate you. Everybody make sure to follow rich at jfan 303. I type it enough on the website at this point. I got it memorized uh, and make sure to hop into the discord. The, the article that rich was talking about will be in the show notes for everyone listening to the podcast so you can go click in there check out all the stuff because why everybody say it with me because it's free there we free. go free rich give me one free let's can't go complain. can't complain awesome rich appreciate your time today man all right awesome good to see you guys you too, see buddy. you buddy awesome man i can't wait to make more money this weekend it's gonna be so much fun so if i could just emphasize and boldface your point so this guy's literally ranked in the top four percent in the world four percent on one hand we can do that mm-hmm and he has his content for free. Like, free. I don't even know on Win Daily Sports. I mean, this is... Uh, it's not it's even the content. Awesome. It's not even the content. You can literally just go ask him questions, right? Like, <laughs> yeah, I, like he literally is just messaging me. He's like, hey, I don't know if you saw, but uh, Sancho, I think his name was, right, Rich? Sancho, uh, Sancho, I think his name was. He's like, hey, just in case you didn't see, like, this guy's sitting. And I was like, oh, okay. Thanks for letting me know, man. You know, he's tagging everybody, making sure all the lineups that he saw. It's awesome, man. He's a, he's just an all-around great dude. But again, as you said, also super smart. He's gonna, he makes me money. 
He's nice. Yeah. He's smart. He makes me money. I mean, I mean, no one's as good looking as you, but I mean, three out of four is not that bad, right? Sia? Yeah, I mean, you can't have it all, right? You can't That's not have right. it all. Awesome, man. Well, hey, thank you to Rich. He is absolutely fantastic, and we do appreciate him. And as we opened up the show a little bit with some golf, I do want to get back to that because we have the match. The match will be a match. Oh, cool. So you can explain to me what match play is because I think I think match play is one of those things where people see it and they're like, oh, cool. Okay, yeah, this is a match play event. I don't think unless you actually know what that is, which I don't think is that many people really have any idea what's going on. So see, if you don't mind telling us a little bit about this incredible event, it's not going to be as crappy as last week. Hopefully, uh, I think we're going to have some fun. I think those mics are going to be hot. They're going to be really, really hot. And we're going to have some fun with this. So talk to me a little bit about what match play is and what you're envisioning a little bit this weekend from the match. So first of all, just from a general standpoint, like, so match play, each hole counts as like one, you know, each, each hole is its own competition. So, okay. you know, we're not talking about, you know, some, somebody being seven under and some being 12 under, for example, um, the way they're doing it this time. So the first nine holes are kind of like best ball. So everybody just, you know, hits their own ball. And they just keep the hitting their own ball until, you know, we figure out, you know, who did who did better. Most likely that's going to be Tiger or Phil. That's actually going to be doing the damage in terms of, you know, winning holes on mm -hmm. the front nine. Now, there's a little caveat to that that's a little confusing because uh, Peyton Manning and Tom Brady are going to have like hand, their handicaps sort of worked into three of the holes. Don't worry about that. The point is, is on the front nine, it's not really going to be as much of a competition two on two. It's the back nine where actually it's going to be more elevated. It's what, what it's called as a modified alternate shot format. Mm -hmm. So what does that mean? It means that everybody tees off and whoever has, let's say, uh, Peyton Manning and Tiger tee off. Let's say they, they both tee off. It's a pretty good shot, but Tiger has the better shot. Now it's alternate shot. So they decide that Tiger has the better shot and then Peyton Manning is going to shoot the second shot and then they alternate from there. Tiger the third. You know, most likely in, in that scenario, actually, it's most likely going to be flipped. So if Peyton Manning has a decent drive, on let's say a par four, for example, Tiger's probably even even if Tiger had a better drive, if Peyton Manning's drive is decent, Tiger might take that second shot because the approach to the hole is probably going to be more important than the drive itself, unless the drive is in the woods somewhere. So that's sort of what it is. It's the front nine is best ball and the back nine is alternate modified uh, format. Interesting. Still don't totally get it, but I'm definitely going to watch. I'm well, definitely going to watch. You know, what's really interesting from the betting standpoint, and if you keep in mind that this is for charity and this is kind mm. of more of a show than it is a competition, yeah. although all of these guys are very competitive. So what's interesting about this, and this is more from like a betting standpoint, this is why I'm a little scared to like, you know, bet a couple things here. Okay. So if let's say Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning are up like four holes and they go to the 16th hole. The match is over. You don't even need to play 16, 17, 18 because, mm -hmm. because you know, Tiger's up four holes already. There's no way the other team can catch up. So some of these bets are, will an 18th hole be played? Will a 17th hole be played? So like knowing that this is kind of an event that the sponsors and everybody are like really mm -hmm. kind of looking to like, you know, dig their, their, their hands into, you know, I really doubt that if like Tiger, Tiger and Peyton are wrecking shot by hole 12, they're probably going to, unfortunately, they're probably going to kind of take their, their foot off the gas a little mm -hmm. bit, which is probably why if you have a site that has in-game playing or live playing, that's probably where you're going to want to be because if somehow Tom Brady and Phil Mickelson, who are, who are the underdog, I think they're like plus 160 for the most part, and uh, Tiger Woods and um, Peyton Manning are minus 200. So mm -hmm. if you're able to live bet 
and you know that Phil and Tom Brady like take a two to nothing lead or a three holes to one lead or even two to one, you know, those odds change pretty dramatically just based on, you know, a one hole lead from the underdog. So, you know, in game live betting, actually your, your friend Josh Applebaum was talking about that on VEASAN today. I mean, uh, he was talking to Gil Alexander. He was a fantastic host on VEASAN. And they were talking, they, they asked Gil, hey, what are, you know, most of your bets are they quote pre-flop, you know, before games or are they in game? And Gil said it's at least 50% that's in game because that's sort of where the, the money happens to be. Mm -hmm. That's sort of a different subject for a different time. But this would be if your site offers it and you can ask your site, you know, they have the online chats and the, you know, emails or whatever you want to send them. They'll tell you if they'll have in-game options or not. Um, I do have a couple things I like if there aren't in-game options, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, that's pretty much where the you know the butter's going to be bread is probably in-game. And ooh, what a great term too, butter your bread. But um, I do think one thing. I mean, we saw it last. What was it last November? If I'm not mistaken, maybe two Novembers ago. Whenever Phil and Tiger played that like Thanksgiving Day or whatever it was, it was around that weekend where they did that event, everyone, you know, my grandfather, he thinks every major sporting event has been fixed since the beginning of time. I don't know if that's the Italian in him or just the pessimist, but you know, it was just one of those things. He's like, this is going at least a minimum of 17 holes. There is no shot. They're not going to at least play 17 holes. And if I'm not mistaken, they actually went to like a playoff or something, right? Like they went like 19 or 20 holes or something. And everyone's kind of like, we all know this is BS but we kind of love it. And they played hundreds of millions of dollars. I think or 60 million, $70 million came in on that. So I'm with you. I think it's going to be a lot more similar to something like that. It's an event plus with nothing else going on, they're going to want it to go on as long as possible. And it's on TNT, TBS and true TV, something like that. Right? Like it's on every Turner channel possible. Yeah. I got to double check that, but yeah, it's definitely on multiple, you know, yeah. outlets for sure. I, I hope they're going to do it like March madness, like the Homer broadcast. So you'll have the Peyton Manning broadcast on one side and you'll have the paint, uh, the Tom Brady broadcast, just talking about their playing career and all that. So maybe you'll get one that's just their mics. I would, I'm into that. I'm totally into that. So we'll see what happens. So hopefully they learned something from last week because, you know, first of all, last week we didn't have a lot of charisma in the field. Uh, and that's no offense to Ricky Fowler and Matt Wolf. It's sort of the other, the other end of that. But like, you know, I don't necessarily think Tom Brady is like captain charisma, but he's okay. And, you know, Phil is also kind of in the, in the Brady camp, you know, Tiger Woods might not have quote charisma, but he has this sort of aura about him that just mm -hmm. is electrifying no matter what. And then Peyton Manning is hilarious. So, so one thing to consider from a bet betting standpoint is, okay. So that match you're talking about that happened last November, mm -hmm. Phil beat Tiger. So Phil kind of has on this kind of like one-on-one -on -one type stuff. Phil has one on him. And then if you consider, okay, well, what about Peyton versus uh, Brady? So first of all, Peyton is a slightly better golfer from a handicap standpoint. We talked about that on mm -hmm. Tuesday. Uh, and it's not anything great. It's like a one and a half to two stroke, you know, kind of difference probably when you really calculate it out. But more importantly, Peyton Manning's had some time off and Brady has been, you know, traveling and moving and been pretty much distracted. So if there's anybody that's going to be completely just floptastic, it's going to be Tom Brady. So when you're considering that back nine, for example, I mean, I'll, I'll tell you two bet. So if I was going to bet this, I would take the favorites. Even I wouldn't put a lot on it because that's a ridiculous notion, given that this is you know kind of an event more than yeah. it is a competition. But I will say this. So I'm looking at the odds, and they actually have hole by hole, 
you can actually pick which team is going to win on hole one, on hole two, on hole three, mm-hmm. on hole four. So let's just assume on the front nine, you know, everybody's just kind of being friendly and just, you know, whatever. We'll like take this serious on the back nine because they kind of would probably prefer it to be really close going into the back nine because that would actually guarantee them, you know, mm-hmm. at least 17, 18 holes. So hole 10, you can get Tiger Woods at minus 135 and hole 11, you can get Tiger Woods, Peyton Manning, minus 135. So if I was going to bet a hole pre-flop, and, and by the way, DraftKings doesn't have this bet available yet, but a lot of the outlets do. So hopefully DraftKings steps it up and has this available. But the point is, you can find this bet. It's really not that hard to find. The point is, I would actually t- consider hole 10. The reason I started there, that's the alternate shot format. So that's when both players actually have to be pretty good. So mm-hmm. if Tom Brady comes out as the worst guy, and if you know Phil's obviously probably a little worse than Tiger, that whole 10, there's certain value in that minus 135. It sounds like you're still, it's like a heavy favorite, but it's not really compared to the minus 200 price you have to pay to take them outright. So that would be something I'd consider. I'd literally consider just betting hole 10 and hole 11 pre-flop and just hitting it the same way, whether you want to put, you know, 10 bucks on it or 50 or hundred, just, you know, paying the extra 35 juice and hopefully you win both. I love that. And that, that makes sense because as you said, like the, the, the front nine, it's, it's a different format for both the front and the back nine. And I'm going to re-listen to this episode just so I can actually make sure and be able to talk about it a little bit better. And that's why we appreciate you Sia. But I think it's really interesting that again, it's, it's we're, we're willing to bet on anything, right? Like we're especially right now with nothing on America is like, just give me something. I want to put my money on something and give me rooting interest. We all know it is, it is blatant. We all know that this is not, it's not that it's not real. It's just, as you, you keep putting it very eloquently, it's an event. This is for entertainment. If this was a straight, just golf match and these guys are just playing head to head and we see where it goes. I don't think it's going to turn out exactly the same. So I'm still excited to watch. I'm still excited to see it happen. Um, and I agree with you. I think out of the front nine, it's going to be very, very close. And we're going to make it to 16, like maybe 14, 15. And it's going to be really, really intense. And that's where we're going to see a lot of the fun. But, you know, as, as they did with uh, the event back in November, I'm sure they're all going to be betting on holes and for this charity and for that charity. And if this putt goes in. So it's all that extra jazz around it that I'm really excited for. And again, you talk about the live betting. If they're going to be live betting each other, why can't we live bet on them, right? Thank you. Thank you very much. Hey, yeah, there's nothing you, like, let's, 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 let's get the stigma let off of this whole like betting thing because every, like every week there's a new state that's, you know, legalizing it. And frankly, with, with this pandemic, there, there is a tie in to some of these governments or localities in these states that like really don't have the revenue that they ordinarily would get from, you know, cities and restaurants and whatever taxes they, they levy. So a lot of these states are all of a sudden going to be like, oh, let's get, let's get some money real quick somehow. Oh, we can bring gambling in and tax that. So I, I think within the next probably year or so, we're going to see at least half the states that have legalized gambling, and then it's just going to domino from there. And I can't wait. I'm in New Jersey, though, so I don't have to wait for anything. Thankfully, it's actually super easy for me. And I think the rest of the country can be happy that uh, Governor Chris Christie did something during his tenure that wasn't considered a scandal, if I may. It, but if I may, speaking of, listen, be responsible. Like, if you're listening to this and you're like, oh, man, I am going to absolutely hammer Tiger Woods and Peyton Manning. That is the lock of the year. Like, if you're that guy, you don't. need to dial it back a little yes. bit. Like, this is not this is not the event to be like, oh, I'm going to hammer this. This is Lock City. Like, please, just please don't do that. And if you do that, you probably have some introspection to do uh, with yourself. 
That's a really good point, actually. I really like that. And if you were to be that guy, one thing I would suggest doing, go to WinDaily, create an account, hop on our Discord, and just ask Rich Masana. You just heard him. You know how much he knows about soccer. I We only bring him on for 10 minutes because I think after 10 minutes, all that stuff's going to go over both of our head and we're just going to kind of look silly. And again, we want to look good doing this too. So sincerely go on there, ask him. He'll make you money. He made me money. I don't know nothing about German soccer, but he can make you money. And I promise that. And then when the PGA comes back, we got Sia here. He's going to be able to help us make a little money on, um, if I may, real golf. Uh, and then that way we can all appreciate that a little bit more. Um, and, and one thing I did want to point out that I thought was very interesting. You have a couple other prop bets here on the page. One thing we're going to talk about that's going to tie in really nicely to some of the things that we're going to speak about with the NFL, and I really love that you put it on, shop the best price you can. If I may just read these three lines we have. So it's Tiger and Peyton are the favorites, correct? I just want to make yep. sure I have that. Uh-huh. So we have them. You can get them at minus 186, minus 200, or minus 220. You can then obviously get Phil and Tom Brady at plus 160, plus 160, or plus 175. So because this is such a, again, it's an event and no one, as we all know, they're going to play hard. They're going to do what they can. They're going to put on a show for us all. Towards the end, someone's going to have to win, and that's just how it is. And as you were saying, like if you're that guy that you think it's a lock of the century, maybe let's tone it down a little bit. Maybe let's wait to see if we can get better odds post-flop. But as you were saying before, pre-flop, if we're putting some money down, See where you can find if you really, really love Tiger and Phil or Tiger and Peyton, take him at minus 186, not minus at two, not 220, right? I mean, where did you maybe I don't want to ask you where you found some of these lines, but talk to me a little bit about you know actually shopping for the best price and finding what you can find. So, this used to be just the concept for Vegas because every casino would have different, uh, you know, sort of a minus 220 or a minus mm-hmm. 200. And a lot of times that's because they open the line like that. But also a lot of times it's to insulate themselves because they just took a big bet on somebody. And so they got to they gotta raise the price from minus 200 to minus 220 to make the underdog more attractive. So mm-hmm. there's different rationale for why these lines are, are like they are. But, you know, these days, especially in states where it's legal or, or what have you, like you have plenty of outlets. Like you have plenty of like, whether you're betting online or, or whatever, like you can go to one or two, three different sites, whether it's DraftKings or otherwise, and just kind of figure out, okay, well, they have it here. Well, it's not, you know, I, I'm not really, I don't like to advocate, hey, open like three or four accounts because then, you know, you can yeah. get, you can kind of look around and get the best price. But if you happen to have two accounts or if you don't have any accounts and you want to open one up, like do some investigation because there this happens every single day where a line is different. And you might think to yourself, oh, well, the difference between minus 220 and minus 210 or minus 220 and minus 190, it's really not that big of a deal. I'm not betting that much at the end of the day. So it's, you know, whatever. It really adds up. Like you got to understand when you're betting, this is all about like not really statistics, really more mm-hmm. about probability. And like, if you are decreasing your chances to bring money in because you're taking the worst price, then you're really screwing up the potential gain that you can have. And that was a really kind of a clumsy way to say it. But trust me, the difference between minus 220 and the difference between minus 210 at the end of the year or whatever, a you know, a, a given 12 or six months mm-hmm. is a really, really big difference. Exactly. I mean, and, and you know, it's, it's just one of those things that it doesn't, especially, you know, minus 186 to minus 220, that's huge. That is a big, that's that's such a big gap. And again, if you're that guy, 
as we were talking about before, first, don't be. Figure some stuff out. Maybe talk to some friends, talk to some family, hang out with C and I. We can help. But if you are that guy, go find that minus 186 because that's going to save you money. Uh, you know, one thing, you know, we bring up Josh Applebaum. I'm going to bring him up again because I'm going to do my best to get him on the show just because he's A, just a really nice guy. Wrote a great book that I learned a lot about gambling from. So maybe if we plug his book and get people to buy it, he'll come on the show. That's an easy I love one. It. But, you know, that's one thing he taught me. It was just, hey, like, Make sure shop for the best line. I agree with you. Maybe don't open up 18 different accounts. Like that's a little excessive, but you know, you can go and look around. You can find some things. There's places on the internet that aggregate some of these things and these lines. And that allows you to really see, all right, what's going on? What are we looking for? And if there is, you know, it's minus 210 versus minus 215, I'm not going to suggest you go open up a new account to get that minus, you know, five. But if it is that big of a disparity and you're putting hefty money down, maybe that's something that you're going to want to do. So it's, it's interesting to me. And I'm, I'm, I'm sorry, what were you going to say? You're smarter. No, than no. I was just going to say that, you know, sometimes it's, it's even easier than that. Sometimes let forget about opening the second account for a second. Sometimes if you're a bookmaker or whatever, wherever you, wherever you place your bets, if they're giving you minus 230 and you see everywhere else that it's minus 200 or minus 205, just don't make the bet. You're not getting yeah. value anymore. Like it, it's almost like, I'll give you an example. So uh, an NFL line comes out and the line is, you know, you get your team plus three and a half or whatever. And you love that bet, but you wait, you know, one or two days and you, you didn't make the bet for some reason you were lazy or you just didn't think the line would move. All of a sudden the line is plus one and a half instead of three and a half. So not only do you not get the field goal, but you don't get the hook with it either. So in those situations, almost without fail, I just won't take it. Maybe I'll look for mm -hmm. something in game, but I have lost so much value, even though I still like it plus one and a half. That's almost irrelevant. What's what's relevant is where where was the most value, and mm -hmm. the most value was at three and a half. So even if I like it at plus one and a half, I've lost two points of value. I'm out on the bet. I'll wait to maybe live bet it. Exactly. And again, this is a fake golf match. Let's let's talk about this a little bit more during the NFL season when there's some stuff going on, and we can actually give some more more credible examples like the one there. But again, I do I do appreciate it there. And uh, there was another one you had on here which I thought was pretty cool. Most birdies. How do you feel about that one? Um, there's a couple actually on here that are pretty funny. How do you feel about some of these other prop bets for the match that's coming up? The match that will be coming up. So I actually like that, you know, it almost seems like a trap because of how it compares to the, the team line. But Tiger minus 145 versus Phil plus 105 in terms of most birdies. I mean, I don't know why I wouldn't love Tiger there. Minus 145 is kind of a steep price. And again, we are talking about an event versus a competition, maybe a little bit of both, those intersect, but it's more of an event, let's be honest. Again, though, when we talk about the the, the sort of Tiger Woods already being down one because of last mm -hmm. November and knowing how competitive he is, and frankly, just knowing how Phil is like trying to like save his hole because he's in the trees or like he skipped it off the lake or something. So you know, I, I would take that bet. I, I think minus 145 for just like a, a just for fun, like, you know, sweat type thing, like a small mm -hmm. bet. That's definitely one of my favorite bets. I, it, it, okay. So if I were betting this, I would take that light. I would take the whole 10 and whole 11, maybe just as light, if not, maybe a tick more, like maybe quote one unit more if we're really going to get into that sort of jargon. And then I, I would probably just stop right there. And if I have live betting, that's great. If not, I get to sweat the birdie thing the whole match at minus 145. Mm -hmm. So I get that. Then I get the extra sweat with holes 10 and 11, which play into the, the long-term bet too. Um, that's that's good. I'm good with that. Yep. Yeah, I like that. And I think, again, it's it's nice. I like hole, hole 10 and 11. Uh, I think that part, again, the, the example you gave before and how it's going to work, I think that makes a lot of sense. 
but I do like kind of those longer sweats in my opinion. I want to see what happens. I want to see how this thing goes. That's why I prefer money line too. I always like betting the money line when it comes to like football and basketball and everything, because you really don't know till the end in most situations, but that's, mm-hmm. Again, that's for another day and another time. And, and I'm I'm just excited, man. Again, that I watched the almost the entire event last weekend. Super boring. It was mostly just Mike Tarico talking at me and it was weird. Uh, so I wasn't a super <laughs> fan of it. So hopefully this one is a little bit more enjoyable. We get a little personality involved. I know you say you don't think Tom Brady's Mr. Personality, Mr. Charisma, but I do think he knows when the cameras are on and when he's on a stage. And I think that's when he might come out a little bit more. So I'm excited to see it. And we know, again, we saw what Tiger and Phil did. Now you're just adding two more personalities with Brady and Peyton, and there's going to be a lot of jazz. There's going to be a lot of uh, smack talk, if I may. That's why I kind of wish this was on pay-per-view so we could uh, maybe maybe drop some F-bombs or something, but we'll see how it goes, man. We will see how it goes. So that will be on Sunday, if I'm not mistaken, at 2 p.m. on one of the Turner Networks. Not exactly sure which one, but it's on some of them. It honestly, might just be on all of them at that point. So Yeah, it won't be hard to find. No, very, very easy to find. Um Moving on, um, our bi-weekly NFL, I guess what's four times a week? I don't even know what that number, quad weekly, which is seems excessive, but um, we're going to be talking about the NFL. I kind of like that. Quad weekly? Quad weekly. No, see, listen, we, we want to be new and creative. Nobody's doing yeah. quad weekly. So let's, uh, or maybe like we can shorten it like Q-weekly or something. I don't know. Q-W? Week? I don't yeah. know. We'll Quee- figure it out. Quickly? Quickly? Quickly. Let's, uh, <laughs> let's. Stop while we're ahead. Um, yeah. So yeah, let's uh, let's talk about the NFL. Little little news and notes to uh, come out with that we thought was pretty interesting. This may have recently been debunked, but I'm not sure. It came out from a relatively credible source, so I'm interesting. Dak Prescott reportedly turned down a five-year, $170 million contract. Uh, and I was actually listening to some analysis on this from none other than ESPN's Pat McAfee, who I love, by the way. I think he's incredible. So hopefully we can get Pat McAfee on the show, too. And one thing that they were discussing was Dak is looking for a four-year deal, kind of like what Russell Wilson did immediately. He got when he was got his first contract. It was a four-year deal, a second contract, if I'm not mistaken, same thing, four-year deal. So Dak's looking for a four-year deal. And if the Cowboys are insisting on a five-year deal, he's looking to have $45 million in the last year. So instead of getting that $35 million a year, which he would have been paid, this is just that extra. He's saying essentially... Well, in four years, when everyone else re-ups their contract, they're going to be at $45 million a year. So I want to get paid what is the assumption of top-tier quarterbacks by them, which makes sense. So from his standpoint, and again, kudos to Pat McAfee because he he went off on an incredible rant on this. If he asks for that $45 million a year and the Cowboys give it to him, it's one of two things. One, he gets cut because he's a cap casualty because $45 million a year is insane. Or two... He makes $45 million a year. So there's really no downside if it's it's Dak Prescott in this situation. It's really just the Cowboys, if they want to take the, I'm sure there'll be some dead money on the cap. And I'm sure, you know, they're not really super interested in paying $45 million a year. But when you heard that he may have potentially turned down five years, $170 million, how did you feel about it? You know, it, it's there's so many factors involved that just you know I think the the, the layperson or you know Joe you know Joe Radio is going to be like I can't believe this and I kind of agree with Joe Radio a little bit only because at the end of the day this is Dak Prescott and he mm-hmm. he is in a place where not even he thought he would be so I mean in terms of like cashing in like you you know, bro, you're, you're cashing in here, like make no mistake about it, you know? So that's sort of like, I think that's sort of where I lean, but, but the factors that you brought up, plus 
the fact that the salary cap has been going up about $10 million per year every year. So, you know, 45 million in five years, believe it or not, might not be that much. Mm -hmm. That might be like just about above average or whatever. I mean, it sounds like crazy to even say that, you know, and part of me thinks, you know, 45 million, even if we assume the salary cap, I don't think we can safely assume it's going to go up 10 million every year. Especially this upcoming year. If there's going to be no fans in the stands, uh, that's a lot of money that's not coming in. And I think that's part of the Cowboys argument back. Like, listen, you you can't just assume that we're just mm-hmm. going to be like increasing the salary because because the reality is that what the, what the Cowboys don't want to do is make an assumption that the, the salary cap is going to be 50 million more in five years or 40 million more in four years. And then if it doesn't happen, all of a sudden Dak takes up, you know, you know, 25 percent mm-hmm. of the salary cap. And, and that's not that's not a cool look either. So, you know, the Cowboys are kind of in a tough spot. I empathize with them because, you know, I'm a Redskins fan and, and sort of Kirk Cousins was in, a, you know, a similar spot where he was franchised, you know, back to back years. And I, I actually think the Redskins did the right thing in, in terms of in terms of like, you know, not being complete with their evaluation. And so they felt like they, they kind of had to take mm-hmm. that extra step. But uh, I think Dak's going to get his money. I think they're going to I think they're going to sort of negotiate and settle. And, you know, I think it's it's he'll probably get that fifth year. It probably won't be at 45 million. It might be, you know, 40 million. So he'll average like 36 million a year for the next five years. And this is Dak Prescott, man. Like, you know, he was good. You know, at Mississippi state or was it Texas A&M? Mississippi state. Yep. So, you know, he was good for like a really good for like a half a season. I I think they did. They get to number one for a week. They, I can't remember. It was them and Ole Miss were one and two for the first time in like, you know, since football was invented or something and the entire yeah. state of Mississippi was, they've never been happier. I don't think shout out Mississippi. And then he kind of fell off and then he yeah. fell off in the draft and here he is, you know, I, you know, I, you know, I heard somebody on the radio. It was actually a guy from fantasy alarm who, who and I want to bring up a point about the fantasy alarm guys in a second. Cause I think you interviewed one of them recently, mm-hmm. correct? Adam Ronis. He's fantastic. Right. So uh, anyway, he was saying, you know, basically, you know, Jason Garrett sort of assisted in this in terms of, I know we can all make fun of Jason Garrett for good reason, but like, you know, he, you can't really deny that he sort of cultivated something to make Dak look how he looks. And mm-hmm. I, I think Dak is an above average quarterback, but by no means do I think he's a top five or top six quarterback. So, you know, good for Dak. And now they gave him another new weapon. So, you know, imagine if they franchise tag him again, like the, the Cowboys have a pretty easy schedule relative to other teams. And now they have CD lamb, Blake Jarwin's probably going to, you know, come out really the gallops in another year, Amari Cooper, they have Zeke back there. Like, he's going to really flash like he did at the beginning of the year last year. Mm-hmm. And then if they don't have a contract with them, then the demands get even higher. I mean, it just gets ridiculous. Well, that's what, that's what everyone's saying this past season, right? Like after every good game, it's, oh my gosh, Dak just gave himself an extra $5 million a year. And after every bad game, it's, you can't pay this guy $40 million. So I think one thing that makes me laugh and, you know, you say you empathize with the Cowboys. That makes me laugh because shut up, Steve. Don't empathize with the Cowboys. The one thing that is really interesting to me and and really, again, from a betting perspective, that's the way we always like to look at these things is he bet on himself last year and I respect the hell out of that. Mm-hmm. I do agree with you. He wasn't that great in college. Yeah, Mississippi State made it to one or two in the polls. I remember it was cool. And then both of them lost like the next game, Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Like they lost like the next game. They were both out of the top five or whatever it was. So it's just very interesting to me. So he bets on himself. But there is the added factor that it's the Cowboys. It's America's team. Everybody loves them. No matter where they go, the stadiums are sold out. The demand, the the public scrutiny, all of that, I do think is a real thing, right? Like you don't hear about a team really talked as much about just nationally than the Cowboys, right? Like the Patriots now, because the last 20 years, they've been just completely dominant. The Steelers, I'd say, but 
maybe a little 49ers and not even so much, especially because they've only been relevant like two times out of the last 15 years, it feels like. So it's always just been very interesting to me. And that's kind of his argument too, is yeah, maybe I'm not the best quarterback, but I'm really, I have to deal with Jerry Jones every day. And I think that alone is worth an extra $5 million a year. Yeah, but you know what? This is really a pride thing. And I think his agent is really driving this because if you're the quarterback for the Cowboys, you are making so much an endorsement. Yes. You've mm-hmm. already carved out your post NFL life, whether it's, you know, going into the booth like like Witten tried to do and, and yeah, right. failed, or you know, Tony Romo, for example. So I mean, he has everything made out for him. And I, I really, you know, unfortunately, I think this is a situation where an agent gets in his ear, starts telling him numbers that other quarterbacks are getting, starts telling him numbers that other quarterbacks are going to get in mm-hmm. one or two years. Do you really want to be behind? that guy and it's like Dak you know what man like be a team guy a little bit too so I understand why he's going after the money and he should but let's let's make sure we don't hamstring the team unfortunately they already paid Zeke a bunch of money they mm-hmm. already paid Amari Cooper a bunch of money which by the way I don't think was a super smart move but we'll find out about that in one or two years when when I get to be mm-hmm. writing a pat on the back but the point is that you know they don't have a ton of money to just be given out to Dak Prescott considering all the contracts that they have currently Mm -hmm. so it's you know it's an issue like that's why i'm like these organizations they can't it's not just like there's an unlimited salary cap like there's there's issues involved i'm all for it give me chaos i want to watch the cowboys burn so whatever it takes stack don't sign that franchise tag if you haven't already i can't remember just just keep this going as long as possible let's get as much turmoil and shout out to zeke for really just blowing this whole plan up because he wasn't supposed to get paid till next year. And he just comes out. He's like, I'm just not going to play. Like you guys have to pay me two years <laughs> early. And everyone's like, you've got to be kidding me. But Hey, if everyone gets paid, I'm all for if the Cowboys finished, I don't know, nine and seven this year, they finished nine and eight next year because we get that 17th game. I'm all for it. Uh, a couple other news and notes, Josh Gordon, uh, if everyone might've forgot, he was actually suspended again last year because he's, you know, Josh Gordon and he applies for reinstatement, uh, from a fantasy perspective. Sia, give me two sentences on Josh Gordon next year. Okay. So if he's on a team, uh, he's not going to have really any fantasy impact. And and, and I, I'm not even going to qualify that. I, I don't even think it matters what team he's on. If you put him in the best, you know, passing system. He was I, on the Patriots and he still was terrible. Like what else do you expect? Yeah, no, that's a good point. And, and I almost think there's, there's better opportunities for him than the Patriots too, because I think there's a there's a little complexity to what the Patriots do that maybe Josh Gordon wasn't mm-hmm. really like fully fitting into, but you know you put him in San Francisco, you put him really anywhere, uh, you know with McVay. I just don't see. You know, let, let's let's not forget how long ago it was when he had that just breakout twenty fourteen. Right. So don't get me wrong, he's in shape and all that, but like I just don't see him being anywhere close to that guy. And honestly, I, you know, I'm sure there's going to be a team willing to put out, you know, their neck for him. But I just I just don't see he, he's he's not anybody that I would ever draft in a fantasy league. If and Just to exactly. answer your question. And I think it's awesome because one of my buddies in my home league uh, last year took him way too early. It's like the seventh round. And we're all just like, what are you doing, dude? It was 2013 and 2014 when Josh Gordon was good and he was good. And then he hasn't been good since. So I don't know why people keep living in that far in the past, but it is what it is. Thought that one was funny. The NFL owners will vote to eliminate the loophole, which allows team to manipulate the game by the clock, multiple dead ball fouls with five minutes. Is that whole thing that Bill Belichick did to the Jets and then kind of made fun of everybody because he's smarter. And then Mike Vrabel kind of gave it to him and did it in the uh, in the playoff game uh, right there to him in Foxborough, which was fantastic. Does this mean anything to you at all, Sia? 
No, I mean, it's good that they're closing a loophole. I mean, if everybody's going to find it, it's Bill Belichick. And, yeah. and I'm not even really necessarily like criticizing him for it. He just, no. he figures it out. And uh, yeah, close the loophole. Let's go. Yeah. I thought that one was just interesting because it happened with and to Bill Belichick. This one's really fun. Owners will vote next week on an onside kick alternate alternative that would give the trailing team the chance to maintain possession with a fourth and 15 play from its own 25 yard line per NFL network. That just sounds like fun. I'm all for that. I think that would be a blast. Yeah, I like this. I, I think anybody who's been watching football their whole life is going to be a little resistant because it's such a dramatic change from the onside kick. Mm -hmm. But if you consider you consider two things. One, the onside kick still seems, even with the rules in place, still seems really dangerous to me. I mean, especially if it's a loose ball and you got people diving head mm -hmm. first. You know, it's just every time it'll every time they line up for an onside kick, first of all, it's usually not recovered by the kicking team. So it's kind of like almost like feels like a waste. And second of all, like I still consider it to be like a relative to other plays in the game. I still consider it to be a dangerous play. So yeah, I, I like the fourth and 15 from the 25 for two reasons. One is because fourth and 15 is hard to get. Okay. Just like an onside kick. But secondly, I'm assuming what that means is if you get the 15 yards, let's say you get 17 yards. Well, you're on the 42 yard line. You still have to go mm -hmm. like, you know, more than half the field. So it's not like getting the fourth and 15, you know, gets you you know seven mm -hmm. points you still have to drive and so yeah so for somebody for a defensive team to give up the fourth and 15 well okay they, they can sort of rebound and regroup and be like oh, these guys still have to go like 50 yards like we're good so yeah i like it i don't think it's unfair to either side frankly yeah and i think the other aspect of it that is it it might get lost in the shuffle if you're starting from your own 25 it's fourth and 15 i'm gonna go with nine times out of ten nine point nine times out of ten you're throwing the ball if that ball is incomplete the other team gets the ball on the 25. Right. So that is, you know, if you don't get that first onside kick, yeah, so you're most likely going to lose the game anyway. But it just puts you to the point where any NFL kicker should be able to hit a 42 yard field goal without anything happening. They kneel the ball a couple times, might be a 45 yard field goal. But I think that part is going to be interesting. And that's going to really impact, I think, some betting lines. And that's why I thought this was really interesting because if you're giving another team, if you do not get that, uh, 15 yards and it is an incompletion and essentially giving that other team a minimum of three points. Some people are going to lose some money. Some other people are going to win money, which I'm cool with, but some people are going to lose some money. No, that's a really good point. I, believe it or not. I didn't even think of the betting angle there. And yeah, that's that, that is going to be, that's going to be pretty brutal to lose bets like that because you know, it's going to happen more than once. So yeah, that's interesting. Very and interesting. I just, I want to uh, appreciate, uh, we're, we're live on Twitch right now. We're live on Periscope monster gaming, six, five, two Blair Walsh wouldn't make that 42 yard field goal. So you know, what's funny. Yikes. I was just, you know, I don't know if this is my friend, Nick, it's, that's gotta be somebody else, but I have this friend, Nick James. I've brought him up on the broadcast before he's a Vikings fan. And oh. no matter what, no matter what happens, they always screw him over yep. in whatever, you know, we've talked about this before. It's just crazy. I was watching a, game, a playoff game with him. This must have been four or five years. Oh, no, six years ago. I think it was RG3's rookie year. And, you know, the skins were playing the Packers. And I think the next game was the Vikings, or the game before that was the Vikings. And I think it was Blair Walsh. I think he missed like a 22-yard or something crazy. And I, I was with Nick. And oh. I literally, I literally saw him. He didn't even move. He didn't, he didn't throw anything at the TV. He didn't like, he didn't curse. He was like, yeah, I knew this was going to happen. Like, what, yep. what are you looking at me for? Like, this is par for the course. I, I mean, it's it. crazy. 
I love it, man. I love it. And uh, he then comes back with Cody Park. He would also hit the uprights from 42, which I, I couldn't really disagree with either. And uh, the crossbar. The, the double doink. Yeah, man. That actually, that won me money. So I, what I what I try and do, just as a little aside, is I hate the Eagles so much that I bet on them to win playoff games because it makes me... It, it makes me hate myself less, I guess, if I'm not mistaken. I, I don't know how I do it. I don't really know why I do it, but it's worked. I bet them the whole way through the playoffs uh, when they won the Super Bowl. So I made a bunch of money on them. I wasn't happy about it. I felt kind of dirty afterwards, but I bet on them to make to to win to beat the Bears. And so did my brother. So we're both sitting there. We're watching the game. He makes the first one. And I'm telling myself, I'm telling my dad, I'm telling my brother, I was like, I guarantee you right now he misses this kick. They're like, you're ridiculous. He just hit it. It's from like 30 whatever yards. I was like, I don't know, man. I'm feeling something. He misses it. I make some money. My brother's excited because he doesn't care. He made some money, but it's just, uh, it's ridiculous, man. I don't know that terrible aside, but I thought I should get that out there to let you know how I, I feel football. <laughs> I feel bad for Cody Parkey there. I genuinely no. do. Cause, cause I, from what I recall, the weather conditions weren't ideal in Chicago. You obviously it was cold. It's a little windy. Yeah. Like, wasn't it like drizzling a little bit too? I just felt like the wind was whipping around a little bit. And I know it was a, kind of a simple kick but there's no such thing as a simple kick anymore unless it's an extra like the old extra point it's just anything can happen i don't know and and he almost it's not like he totally duffed it i mean mm -hmm. it like should have gone in hey listen can we get cody parkey on the show oh talk about josh applebaum maybe Gil yeah. alexander let's get i like, i can literally talk to cody parkey for 30 minutes about just kicking and the emotions that go yeah. through kicking Let like me, a um I'm going to add him right now um, on Twitter and see if he'll he'll hop on the live stream with us now. If not, we'll get him some other time. But I'm excited, I man. I, I don't know. We'll see what happens. And the last thing, uh, just some news and notes before we get into some uh, player props. Shout out FanDuel and DraftKings. The Seahawks, Eagles, and Jets have interest in former Falcons running back Devontae Freeman. Seahawks did make him a one-year offer for up to $4 million, which he has turned down, but the Eagles and Jets being involved. The reason why I want to talk about this a little bit was because fantasy. I've seen Miles Sanders going very high, second round. If you bring in Devontae Freeman, again, he's not the Devontae Freeman we saw a couple years ago when he was fantastic. They went to the Super Bowl. That was very, very clearly Kyle Shanahan. Whatever Kyle Shanahan was doing got Devontae Freeman paid, so good for him. But if he comes in, he's going to take carries away from Miles Sanders. If he goes into the Jets, he's absolutely going to take carries away from Frank Gore. Oh, wait. No, I mean Le'Veon Bell. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. How do you how do you see this? And, and, you know, of those three teams, I mean, Seattle's the one that makes the most sense because both their running backs are most likely going to be hurt. But of those other two, I mean, how would that affect Le'Veon Bell and how would that affect um, Miles Sanders uh, for you looking at looking at them in season longs? So first of all, I don't think he's going to the Jets, and, and that that's kind of that that one's kind of weird to me. So last week, well, on let Sunday, me stop you right there. Yeah, you said the Jets, right? Yes, and it's weird. So you're throwing it out. I I don't get it. See, you have to explain that one. For, no, I'm kidding. I'm sorry. No, speaking of you know psychology, like we were talking about with Blair Walsh, like I feel like Adam Gase needs like an examination. I feel like just I feel like there's a bunch of stuff going on there. I'm not saying he's crazy. I'm just saying like I feel like you know what it's just. I don't, I can't, I don't know what he's doing. I just don't know what he's doing. I never know what he's doing. So I don't know. That's an aside. Listen, I, last week, so, you know, we co-host mm -hmm. this show on Sirius XM fantasy sports channel, the wind daily show. Of course I was on there Sunday, our first segment, me and Jason did a stock up stock down segment. You mm -hmm. know who the, the first guy I said in stock down, take one guess. Uh, Miles Sanders. 
Miles Sanders. You know why I said that? I said that because it sounded like the Eagles were actually interested in Carlos Hyde a little bit. Mm -hmm. It looks like that might not come to fruition, but here we go. We have interest with Devontae Freeman. And the, the thing about Miles Sanders is I don't even think Doug Peterson really trusted him last year. If you recall, they had Jordan Howard in for basically the first eight or nine weeks. Uh, I mean, I understand Miles was a mm -hmm. rookie, but even after that, Boston Scott was mixed in a little bit. I don't think he wants to go to Miles Sanders as a, quote, bell cow. So mm -hmm. I think he's looking to find somebody that will give Miles Sanders 50% of the carries, the other person 40%, and then maybe Boston Scott 10% just as a change of pace, you know, kind of Darren Sproles-ish mm -hmm. type guy. So, no, I, I, I agree with you. Miles Sanders' stock is super high. I mean, it kind of depends. A lot of expert drafts, he's going higher than your average draft position that you might find in, like, you know, just on if you, on mm -hmm. a Google search. But I mean, I think as we sort of start rolling up to actual drafts in August, I think he's going to keep rising and rising and rising. And I just don't like it. I don't like. I don't trust Doug Peterson. I don't think Miles Sanders is going to be the bell cow. And and like you said, I think Devontae Freeman might be there or Carlos Hyde. And those are good runners. They're not bad runners. They'll get they'll get their time. Exactly. And I think that's going to be it's going to be difficult to um, really be able to project those out for you and I. I mean, I, you're probably a little bit better than I am, but that's why we have Nick come on. So I'm excited to see when he comes on and, and what he thinks about this as well. Um, sorry, I'm adding Cody Parkey right now. So hopefully he comes on the show to hang out with us. But I think I'm really interested in seeing what happens there, especially because I do think Devontae Freeman is capable and I do think he can do something. Um, but I don't know. I think if he goes to Philadelphia, that's a hundred percent. Let's kick, let's, let's pump the brakes on Miles Sanders a little bit. Thankfully we have, I don't know what, three months at this point, and we're all in quarantine still. So we have a lot of time to research. We have a lot of time to read Nick's articles, which are free on windaily.com. So go over there, windailysports.com, go over there, enjoy some of that. See, it can make you some money on golf. We've actually started to bump up some of his golf, um, evergreen stuff. So we can get out there and really understand how golf picking works and, and DFS over there. So we appreciate you there. See ya. But I don't know, man, I thought that was interesting, especially from a fantasy perspective. So we'll see. I hope he goes to Seattle because they're the team that's obviously most in need, but I don't know. Yeah. I'll tell you from a fantasy standpoint, nobody's talking about Chris Carson and he is the guy in Seattle. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, if, if things stay status quo, and, and I, I kind of think they won't, they'll probably add somebody, but Chris Carson is really going undervalued in drafts now, and he will go undervalued when it comes to drafting time. Like, that's something I know for a fact. Like, when it comes to drafting time, Carson is not going to be that sexy name because he just mm -hmm. sort of never is. So, yeah, I think somebody, um, people need to keep an eye on uh, Chris Carson in their drafts for sure. I'm worried about Chris Carson because he broke his hip like week like 14. So that's... Ugh. It's not great. We'll see what happens. Hopefully he recovers. He was on a championship fantasy winning team for me a couple years ago. Don't mean to brag, but it is something. <laughs> uh, it's definitely something. So I do, uh, you know, for the last couple minutes, I want to drop into some of these because you have some very, not hot takes. I don't think they're hot, but they're very passionate, maybe very loving. I feel like uh, you want to help people win money. So you're very passionate about these picks and these takes. So the first one on FanDuel, if I'm not mistaken. Now I feel kind of silly. Yeah, this was FanDuel. Uh, players next team. Well, there was really only one player that we care about at this point. I mean, yeah, we talk about Devontae Freeman, but I don't think he moves the needle quite as much as Cam Newton does. A couple of the teams and some of the, the uh, you know, the betting odds, the, the, the favorites and whatnot on some of these teams. So we have Washington at plus 300, Pittsburgh at plus 450. Let me just repeat that. Pittsburgh at plus 450. Denver plus five. New England plus five. Seattle plus plus five Chicago plus 750 Jacksonville for some reason, Las Vegas and uh, Los Angeles chargers are up there. Um, Jacksonville plus 750. And then the other two are over a thousand. Sia, where do you think 
I guess, where do you think Cam Newton's going to play? And if you had a couple bucks on it, where would you maybe sprinkle a couple of these bets? So I would probably pick three out. So I think conventional wisdom, he's he's going to wait for somebody to get injured and he's going to come in and take mm-hmm. the starting role, which, which yep. makes sense. And I don't begrudge him for that, by the way. But if he was going to go to a team before an injury, there are three teams that I like and sort of kind of for the same reason, at least the first two are for the same reason. Pittsburgh Steelers at plus 450. The Seattle Seahawks at plus 500. And then the outlier one is the Las Vegas Raider, uh, Las Vegas Raiders at plus 1,000. I'm still getting used to saying the Las Vegas Raiders. Yeah, it's it just, weird. I don't like it. Weird. Um, and the Raiders thing, that's more just like a John Gruden thing. He just kind of likes, you know, the, the stars, bring them in. You know, we'll see what happens. So I actually see that as a kind of a realistic possibility. But the reason I like the, the Steelers and the Seahawks is because one thing we know about Cam Newton is he's a big personality. By the way, that's not a dig. Like, I think he's a great personality, too. I just think he's mm-hmm. a big personality. And as soon as he walks into a locker room, half the locker room will love him. Mm-hmm. Maybe the other half might not care, might not like him. I'm not really sure. But half of them are going to love him and, like, kind of support him. And uh, on some of those teams with a weaker starting quarterback, like the Redskins, for example, who are plus 300. And obviously there's that Ron Rivera connection there. But the last thing they want to do is have – after week two, a locker room start to kind of like whispers and align with, you know, Cam Newton instead mm-hmm. of this young guy that we're still trying to figure out if he's any yep. good or not in Dwayne Haskins. The two teams that can handle that are the Pittsburgh Steelers and the Seattle Seahawks. And by the way, Cam will be able to handle that too, because he's going to go in knowing, hey, listen, I think I'm freaking awesome, but I'm not stepping, I'm obviously not going to step in for Ben Roethlisberger and Russell Wilson at this point in their career. So I think those are locker rooms and coaches, Mike Tomlin and Pete Carroll, they can listen. If I'm Mike Tomlin, I call Cam Newton. I say, come into town. Nobody knows if you're healthy or not. I think you're healthy. You might sit for a year, but you'll probably come in because Ben's probably going to get banged up. You're going to be on a Super Bowl contender. They're 28 to one, by the way. I think their odds should be shorter than that. Mm-hmm. You're going to be on a Super Bowl contender. And, and by the way, if you don't play all year, you're only going to be 32 next year. And I'm going to speak so highly of you about how you did in practice. Mm-hmm. You know, Mike Tomlin is, is the best ambassador for any player, frankly. He is going to just rant and rave about how good cam is in the locker room all this stuff and then cam can can sign a one-year deal prove himself and then at 33 he signs a a three-year deal and and cashes in a little bit so there is a path for cam if he goes to the right team pre-injury and that path is the steelers that path is the seahawks and you know i don't think it's the raiders but i could see john gruden doing something like that I, yeah, cannot. John Gruden is absolutely that wild card. I'll give you that. Um, and all of those, again, you just sprinkle a couple bucks around. You know, you're not, as we were talking about before, don't put hundreds of dollars on this. We really don't know what's going to happen because I agree with you. He's going to come in and he's going to go to the team where, unfortunately, someone's probably going to get hurt, especially this year with all the weird, you know, you haven't really been able to go to the gym as much in certain situations in certain areas. You might not be in the best possible Um fitness you might not be in the healthiest position so there's somebody is going to get hurt we kind of see it every year unfortunately but i think that's what's going to happen but beforehand you're right if there was a couple of teams i really like uh the seahawks because again that's kind of he's i think that playing style i know they're not the same and russell wilson doesn't run as much as we remember that he does um as much at least nearly as much as cam Newton. and i think their playing styles would work i think Pete Carroll will do a great job you might, you bring up an incredible point. Mike Tomlin made uh, the you remember the 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 killer bees or the triple bees whatever the hell they called him Ben Roethlisberger crashes his motorcycle gets into some you know he does some stuff comes out of it totally scot free no one cares. Antonio Brown leaves the Steelers he becomes an absolute nutcase, right? But he it's not like it happened then. It's just Mike Tomlin was that damn good at it. So, you know, Le'Veon Bell same thing. He he kept all those personalities in check. So I agree with you. I do think Cam is a good person. 
He is a very big personality. I can't understand when he types on the internet. That's just kind of a frustrating standpoint. Like, just let me read your stuff, man. That's all I want to do, but I can't do it. It's impossible. So we'll see what happens there. And I don't know, man. I If he can take a one-year prove-it deal, something similar to Jameis, and then if Jameis does end up crushing it in New Orleans and leaves, I wouldn't be surprised if Cam Newton then just scoots over there and just plays in New Orleans. You know, it goes back to the division. He can hang out there for a couple years. Maybe pay him, I don't know, 20 million bucks a year. They're already paying Drew Brees 25. I don't, you know, Jay Glazer came out the other day and Jay Glazer's right 99% of the time and said Taysom Hill's the next guy. But I don't know, man. I don't think Taysom Hill's the next guy. I think it's a little ridiculous, but we'll see. I'm definitely excited to see what happens with Cam. I've got a fun fact for you. You might already know it, but um, career pass completions for Taysom Hill. By the way, he's 30 years old. Career mm -hmm. pass completions for Taysom Hill. Do you know the answer? Seven. Seven is correct. Ah, yes. So the future, the future of the New Orleans Saints yeah. is thirty-year-old Taysom Hill, who has completed seven NFL passes. Well, it's it's a it's a it's a young thirty, Sia, right? He he went to BYU, so he went on his mission, and then he did all that, and uh, it's it's a young thirty. There's so much. His arms got a lot left. He's got a lot of bullets left in the chamber. Any other cliches we get to there? No, but actually, if you look at his stats at BYU, you'll come to find that there weren't any bullets in the chamber in the first place. Listen, oh, no. and, and I'm not saying that people can't progress. I mean, he's obviously like a talented guy in more mm -hmm. ways than one. But at, at BYU, his stats weren't very good. I mean, he got injured a lot. I think his his fifth year there, he was top 25 okay. in interceptions. Oh, mm. so other than that, he wasn't anywhere near the top 25 in anything good. So. Uh, I I I want to see it, and if anybody can make it happen, it's Sean Payton. Yeah. But um, yeah, I'm not. That's not a thing. I think Jameis Winston would be the better uh, quarterback coming in for Drew Brees than Taysom Hill for sure. I I don't know, man. We'll see. And and Monster Gaming really appreciate you hanging out with here. Uh, Taysom Hill is the next Teddy Bridgewater. He'll go in, do good, and then hop to another team. Maybe that's what Sean Payton's doing. Maybe he's building him up to tear him down as you just did to me see it you got me all excited for uh for literally nothing and yeah i mean i'll be honest now that i think about it don't think i've ever looked up Taysom hill statistics at byu and um yeah i think it was like 27 his senior year which always makes me laugh like brandon weeding kind of stuff but <laughs> at least uh, at least they didn't take him first round like the uh browns took brandon weeden in the first round so Let's uh, let's move on. There's another uh, a couple more bets that I know you have some some interesting you're, you're very passionate about. Uh, so we have some FanDuel and some DraftKings lines. And the, the reason why I wanted to bring up both of these, because as we were talking about before, I think conversations that go for full circle are always the best. And it's always like poetic, if I may. We were talking about before shop for the best lines. And, you know, again, if there's things that you are very passionate about, Shop for the line. See what happens. So we have the Dolphins week one starting starting quarterback. So on FanDuel, we have Fitzpatrick at minus 500, two at plus 375, Rosen at plus 2,500. And on DraftKings, we have Fitz at minus 400, two at plus 350, and Rosen at plus 2,000. So who do you like to start and where would you put some of this money knowing that we can get the lines a little different in some of our, our, uh, our friends' places? So like little disclaimer here, because a story actually came out today that uh, somebody from the Dolphins camp saying, you know, Fitz is going to be the starting quarterback. But last Sunday, again, I was on Sirius XM, the show I co-host with you and Jason Mizrahi. And I said, take Fitzpatrick minus 400. I know minus 400, nobody wants to take, but there's no way. I, I literally said it would be negligent to mm -hmm. roll out to a uh, week one, week two, week three, week four. I don't think they should roll him out the whole season, but certainly not before week eight. So 
I was I was like, pay the price. And and as a safety play, if you really like, if Fitz might might get injured or something, and Rosen's still on the roster, Rosen's plus two thousand. You could throw like you know ten twenty bucks on that, recoup some of your money. But no, there is absolutely no chance Tua starts week one. If he starts week four, I'll be like really. Dis- I'm not a Dolphins fan. I'll be just as a human being. I'll be really disappointed in the Miami Dolphins because not only do I I, I don't. He won't be physically ready, but mm-hmm. I also don't think he'll be sort of like mentally ready to take snaps in the NFL by week four. I don't mean that from a from a smart standpoint. I just don't think he's going to want to be facing down, you know, defensive linemen mm-hmm. and defensive ends and blitzing linebackers, you know, week four of the NFL season. It's just it's not a good look if they bring him in, which is why I got like, you know, the Dolphins coach is, is the real deal. And I don't think he's going to mess with that. I completely agree with you. And yes, I did. I did listen to that show on Sunday. So I might have known negligent. That's a lawyer word for you. And that's why we love having C on this show. You're welcome. And, and I totally agree with you, man. It's if they do start him again, coming off that injury from where he was to where he's potentially going to be, I think he has the opportunity to be absolutely incredible. And I want to watch him in the NFL. I tried to watch as many Alabama games, at least the first half, because that's where the interesting parts were. Give this dude time. It's it's one thing coming off this injury. It's another with this weird-ass offseason that we're in where he's not going to get all the right time. He's not going to get all the preparation. Man, give him to like week seven or eight. See where the Dolphins are. I mean, you never know. Ryan Fitzpatrick has kept teams in the playoff race too long before, so I wouldn't be surprised if something like that happens. But I know you also don't mind the Josh Rosen side of this one as well, which is really interesting because if I'm not mistaken, we can get so we can get Fitz minus 400 on DraftKings. So then we'd hop over to FanDuel to place a little bit of money on Josh Rosen at plus 2500 because I think if I'm not mistaken from listening to you, you know, shop for that best line plus 2,500 is a lot better than a lot better than plus 2,000. But there's no chance if Fitz gets hurt, the next guy up is going to be Josh Rosen. It's not going to be two off the get off the bat. Yeah, I mean, it's 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 an obvious thing. The only the only question would be if they brought somebody like a Cam in there, which mm-hmm. I just you know, it's funny because some of these prop bets they actually have Cam as a candidate, even yeah. though he's not on the team. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins aren't one of them, and I don't think the Dolphins are trading Rosen. So because he, he's not a salary cap hit for them. He's just like, he's a very easy piece to keep for right now. Mm-hmm. So uh, yeah, that would be a good safety play. Take the 2,500 that you can find on FanDuel mm-hmm. instead of the plus 2,000 you can find on uh, DraftKings for sure. Exactly. So again, we don't advocate opening up a hundred different accounts, but you find plus 500 different somewhere. We suggest you take that money and run with it. Um, another one, we only have a couple here. So we have the bears on FanDuel. We have Nick Foles at minus 320. We have Mitch Trubisky at plus 200 on DraftKings. Nick Foles is minus 305. Mitch is still plus 200. Sia, who do you think is going to start for the Bears? He asks, knowing the answer to the question. I am going to quote. Uh, Are you going to quote Michael yourself? Hardy, who I love, uh, who's also on VSIN a little bit and in, in other outlets. He has his own podcast too. Uh, MVP Mitch. Uh, which is a joke because apparently last year, a lot of people mm-hmm. were taking him as an MVP candidate, which like he, blew my mind then and it blows my mind now. He had the number one handle at one point in, in a significant period of time. He had the number one handle to uh, the most money bet on him to win the MVP. And then Baker, I think was like top five as well. So yikes, we were wrong last year. I want, I want all of those people in my fantasy leagues. Yep. I want them all at my poker table. And uh, I don't want them anywhere else near me. That's, that's worry, how I feel it. about that bet. 
I'll be at your poker table. You can take my money. How's that make you feel? I appreciate that very much. Uh, no, I listen. I so Mitch Trubisky isn't very good. Nick Foles is better, but I don't think they're willing to just sort of throw Mitch to the side quite yet. Because as soon as they do, it's Nick Foles' team at that point. Nick Foles' team at that point, and then whoever su- succeeds Nick Foles, it's going to be that guy's team. So mm-hmm. I think they're going to be willing. Listen, they, they invested a lot in Mitch Trubisky for a, a just super idiotic. They they could have gotten Watson which definitely was the play. Like I, yeah. I, I, I got to admit, I wasn't as big on Mahomes. I didn't think he was going to be this great. Uh, but yeah, I think, I think they'll give Mitch a few weeks and if he's terrible, then it's Nick Foles team, but he will get the week one start. I, so I a hundred percent agree with you, but if the, the bet was who's going to be the starting quarterback at the end of the year, I would take, I would absolutely just take Nick Foles minus a thousand. Like, cause I don't think there's any shot Mitch Trubisky sticks around, around long enough. I think what's going to happen is he's going to have one bad game and, you know, they're going to be ho hums like, oh, well, it's going to be a quote quarterback competition moving in. You know, it's up to blah, 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 you know, coach speak. Then there's going to be another bad game. And Matt Nagy's going to be like, well, I kind of like getting paid. So I kind of want to keep this job. And then after, after two or three bad games, they're pretty much just going to have to throw him aside and just say, you know what? It's Nick Foles team. I think at one point, Nick Foles, then Mitch Trubisky has to come back in. But I think then Nick Foles ends the season and the bears are a laughing stock. And my bet of over eight and a half makes me look dumb, but their schedule is super easy. So we'll see what happens. Oh, uh, the bears are not, they're not hitting over eight and a half. I don't know, man. <clears throat> It's I not think, happening. I think the line's already down to seven and a half, by the way. Perfect. I'll take the over on seven and a half. Then. Give me that. <laughs> I mean, Give me that. Free. I'm in. There feel we go. Free. At least that's a little bit of a better chance. Oh. I think the Bears are a disaster. I really do. I, their defense is, is solid, but I just, other than Allen Robinson, Montgomery's not a great running back. He's going to get the volume. And Nick Brett was talked about mm-hmm. this on Sirius last week. So, you know, from a fantasy standpoint, they might have a couple pieces in Allen Robinson and David Montgomery, but they don't have anything else. I mean, they literally, they kind of don't have anything else and they don't have a quarterback as good as Nick Foles might be when he comes in. He's not a top 20 quarterback. You know, yeah. he's a serviceable quarterback. He's smart. He's good pre-snap. Um, you know, he can sling it a little bit, but he's also injury prone and he's getting older. And this is a guy that was going to quit football before, you know, he got a Super Bowl with the Eagles. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, we're, we're putting our chips, you know, th- th- there's nowhere to invest your confidence in with the Bears. No skill position on offense and there's no quarterback to invest. So when you're looking at a team that, you know, you're trying to get eight or nine wins out of especially in a conference with an improved Detroit Lions team, which I don't think anybody's talking about, but they will by week three or four, because I think it's a slightly better team than people think. And then you also have the Minnesota Vikings, who are actually the favorite in the NFC North for some reason, and then the Green Bay Packers as well. So it's it's going to be tough for them. I don't know, man. I don't know. I think the Bears can hit that over seven, seven and a half. I really do think they'll finish probably eight and eight, maybe nine and seven. But I think I think there's a chance. Their schedule is super easy. I do think that Nick Foles just gives you the ability to the it, just having Nick Foles on the team on the field gives the bears defense confidence. I think that's the most important part. The bears defense will be like, Oh wow. Okay. We have competence. Oh, we have somebody that knows how to play quarterback, whether they're good or not. I think that alone will give the bears defense, Khalil Mack, Robert Quinn, um, and, and, and the boys, if I may, um, I think they're going to be fine, but that's, that's for another time. We can argue about that all we want. Well, we uh, could also, air. we could also bet dinner. So Ooh. there's a, there's a restaurant down here in Miami, uh, called prime One Twelve. So, you know, maybe we could just bet, you know, a dinner at prime One Twelve. Um, you should, you should look up prime One Twelve. I was going to say, let me, let me get back to you on the menu just to make sure <laughs> I, I can pay for prime One Twelve. But, um, yeah, d- I mean, we, we can bet dinner. When's the next time you're going to be in New York city. How about this? Next time you're in New York City, I'll have Jason pay for the two of our dinners. How's that sound? That is smart. See, that's appreciate that's, you, Jay. Thank you. 
Thanks, Jay. Appreciate, Appreciate you, Jay. Um, a couple last ones. Chargers. Um, on FanDuel, we have Tyrod Taylor at minus 370. Justin Herbert at plus 260. DraftKings, we have Tyrod Taylor at minus 355, plus 300. So again, this is another one. If you're, you know, you're probably actually going to take DraftKings on both of these, minus 355 or plus 300 for Justin Herbert. How do you feel about these two quarterbacks and, and who do you think is going to start here? Yeah, a 0% chance that Herbert starts. Zero. So it's either Tyrod Taylor or if Tyrod somehow gets hurt, it's going to be somebody else. Anthony Lynn has a lot of confidence in Tyrod Taylor. Uh, you know, I don't think it's really justified, but Herbert's not ready and he's not going to be ready anytime soon. And if Tyrod tanks, I'm I'm actually scared for Herbert because I, I mean, you know, I'm not, I shouldn't say I'm scared. He definitely has like the makeup physically to be mm -hmm. okay, but I just don't think he's ready. I, I'm not a big fan of Herbert in the first place. And they believe in Tyrod. I mean, if they didn't believe in Tyrod, I, you know, I, I almost think they would have brought in somebody like a Jameis or a Cam and they mm -hmm. could have drafted Herbert as well. Yep. But, you know, they didn't do that. So it's it's Tyrod's team. We'll see, man. I, I don't know. It's just very weird to me. Uh, I think the Chargers are going to be bad again next year. I don't really see any reason for them to be good. So we'll see again. That's just very interesting. The difference in the lines between FanDuel and DraftKings. If you're feeling really confident on either of those, Go place it at DraftKings. It makes sense. And then this one just makes me laugh. We're all talking about it constantly. Who's going to be the starting quarterback for the Patriots? So on the FanDuel line, we have Jared Sidham at minus 500, Brian Horror, who's on the team at plus 400, and Cam Newton, who is not on the team at plus 850. And on DraftKings, they are not even entertaining this bet because I think <laughs> the only reason that it's only minus 500 for Sidham is because the public has this weird perception of just, no, there's no way Bill Belichick can go into the year with Jared Sidham. Why not? He replaced Drew Bledsoe, which was decent, I guess, with Tom Brady and then rode him for 20 years. You don't do you really think Jared Stidham is I, I don't know. I think there's like no chance it's anybody else. How do you feel about it? Well, I mean, he also he also wrote Jacoby Brissett, I believe. Yeah. And 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 before Jimmy Garoppolo. That, and and no, but before that, and this is the this is the crazy one is Matt Castle for like mm -hmm. three quarters of a season, who is at, the whole I mean, season. Tom Brady yeah, got hurt that first year, yeah. Or that yeah, first, game. first game. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, I mean, he can do it with anybody, clearly. Um, and they apparently like Jared Stidham. I mean, I, you know, uh, from what I'm hearing, the staff has always been a big fan of Stidham. We haven't really seen a lot of him. So, you know, uh, let's wait and see. But, you know, it's Patriots. The Patriots are sort of like, I, in fact, the AFC East is sort of one of those divisions where I think nobody knows what the hell is going to happen because mm -hmm. all these teams have certain makeup where you could be like, oh, I could see that. I could see the Dolphins sort of excelling or maybe even the Jets and the Bills are apparently going to win the division. And the New England Patriots were, you know, slotted to win 10 games and now they're, mm -hmm. they're over under is nine. So nobody really knows what's going on. But Stidham is the starter. I wouldn't pay the minus 500. I mean, the reality from a betting standpoint, if, if the value here is probably with um, fits at minus minus 400 on DraftKings. And I know that mm -hmm. sounds ridiculous, but it is fits that's going to start there. And it's Tyrod Taylor at minus mm -hmm. uh, 355 on DraftKings. Those yeah. are the ones that if you had extra money to lay that juice, absolutely lay it because you're winning those bets. But listen to Sia, take MVP Mitch at plus 200. That way you can at least make a little bit of money along the way. And, and that's why we appreciate you, Sia. So thank you everybody to paying attention and hanging out with us. Everybody on Twitch, thank you for hanging out in the chat. We do appreciate it. Make sure to follow us there. Thank you to everybody that's paying attention on Periscope. Make sure to add Josh Applebaum, Cody Parkey, um, Gil, the gentleman Gil, if I'm not Gil mistaken. Gil Alexander. Gil Alexander, yeah. Mike Lombardi. Who else did we shout out during this? I don't know. There's been a few. I'll make sure to listen back and we'll add all of them in the Twitter uh, when we do release this as a podcast tomorrow. If you are listening to this as a podcast, give us a like, give us a subscribe, give us a review. We all just saw Joe Rogan made $100 million. I think C and I at least are worth, I don't know, like a 
easy dinner at prime 112 right give or take if that's kind of in the ballpark if i'm understanding that i'd go as high as like two dinners three dinners maybe i think we're worth a little bit more than you think bud I can't wait to come down to Miami. Um, I guess we'll come down to Tampa for the Super Bowl. We'll travel over to Miami. I know it's not like next to each other, but it's not far enough. Jay will take us out for dinner there. You come up to New York. I'm sure there's something going on here. He'll take us out to dinner there. So yes, please on the podcast, like, review, subscribe, do whatever the hell you have to do. Make sure you're having some fun with us. We want you to win money. We appreciate you all. For my man, Sia Najat, I'm Michael Raziel. We appreciate you and hope you make it a very profitable day. 